hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited this week. Um, at, first of all, before I even go on, I can't help but laugh when I say that because um, I've had people point out that I say that at the beginning of every single episode. Um, but I am. I'm always excited. Um, but I'm extra excited this week because we have Emily Lynn Paulson here to talk about her new book that just came out. And I'm so excited to hear about it and for you guys to hear about it and to go buy it. So welcome, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, So before we get started, do you want to just tell people where they can find you and where they can find your book? Just, just to get the technicalities out there before we get going. Yeah, so I'm pretty much on every platform as Emily Lynn Paulson. Uh, and then my book is in pre-order uh, period right now. So you can pre-order it literally anywhere you buy your books. And it's called Hey Hun. Uh, so yeah, anywhere you buy it. And it'll actually come out May 30th. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. That's yeah. so awesome. How does it feel to be an author? It's, it, you know, it's it's cool and also scary <laughs> because I have one other book that I published in 2019, right before the pandemic. And there's always kind of this expectation of, how you're going to sound, what you're going to talk about. There's always a little bit of like comparison and, you know, you got to like pick a genre and everything. And also the, just like the reviews and you have to just be very prepared for what you're going to hear, especially when you're talking about things that maybe aren't that popular with some people like MLMs. Yeah, I, uh, I totally feel that I actually had to stop reading my reviews because like most of them are really nice, but then I got a couple that were like, mean and like I appreciate constructive criticism but um I am a human and I think yeah. that sometimes people forget that when they're leaving feedback that if they just sent me an email and said hey could you not yeah. do this I would be like oh my god let me explain why I do this or uh yes thank you for letting me know that I'm doing you know like people just right. 
think they have the right to just bash you on the internet and it really stinks. Right. Yeah. I, I don't read the re- reviews either for that reason, just because I would want to argue with people about them and there's really no point. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, my husband go through and read them to me, like the nice <laughs> ones. I'm like, can you pre-screen these? <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Cause it's nice to hear like, you know, not to live in an echo chamber, but you know, it's nice yeah. to hear that you're doing something positive. Cause like, you know, like you put out your book cause you want to help people. I put out this podcast cause I want to help people. It's nice to hear that it's actually working. Cause if it's not right. doing what it's supposed to do, then why am I doing it? Exactly. Um, so anyways, can you, how did MLMs enter your life and you know, how did we get here? Oh yeah. So MLMs, I mean, they were always around. I didn't really understand them. Like I had the idea of they were, I felt a little cringy about them from the get-go. Well, you know, my friends who were in, you know, skincare companies or legging companies or whatever, there was, you know, there were tons of people in them. And around 2013, 2014, I started seeing them a little bit more. And I had a friend who reached out and asked me to meet her for wine And of course she was meeting her colleagues and I'm using air quotes for people who like, can't see me right now, uh, her colleagues who worked with her in her business. Right. Right. And she was someone I knew from high school and we'd connected. We didn't really know each other that well, but I thought, what the heck? And I don't know much about these MLM things. So what can be the harm? And so at that point in my life, I had five little kids at home. Like I had been out of the workforce for a really long time. And I was kind of just looking for some sort of escape or something to do, something to contribute to the household in some way, other than like potty training and taking kids to preschool and that whole thing. So I met up with her and again, it was, there was the products out on the table at this wine bar, but you know, after a couple of glasses of wine, I was like, you know, this could be something I really latched onto that hope that she had been kind of successful and these people all looked fun. And it was like this instant like village. So I just thought, what the heck? And I joined not really understanding what I was doing. I just bought the biggest kit because of course they told me that's the way to be the most successful. And I started talking to people about it and friends bought for me, friends joined me. So I think my ignorance about it really was what got me in because I didn't fully vet it. I didn't fully research. I just thought, Hey, I've got this friend. I trust her. And you know what? These products look pretty good. And I liked them. Um, and I kind of went from there. And for me, I, it worked like all the things that they said to do reaching out to people and talking to your friends, it worked for me. And I, escalated pretty quickly in the company. So that's how I got in. And then once I was in, I was all in, I was like the most honey hun of all time. I, I would have gotten a tattoo of the company, like on my body. If someone had told me to, that's how in I was. Wow. <clears throat> so that's how I got in. And I, I stayed very brainwashed for a very long time. Wow. I want to circle back to that like beginning part of your story where you are sitting at that wine bar and just like hanging out with all these people. And I think that this is where this like glorified hobby kind of comes in where it's like, wow, like this, you know, thinking about like a book club with your friends, like you go, you drink wine, you talk about a book, you probably gossip about your families. Like you do this like fun stuff and it's so great. And like, there's no uh, pyramid scheme attached to it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's like really what this sounded like when you were describing it was this like cool, fun place where you could have like this little group of people you meet up with every now and then and just have like this really positive time with. And then you, they attached a paycheck to it and it's like, awesome. Right. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. It's like too good to be true. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can get paid to have friends. How awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or rather I have to pay to have friends. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you have to buy the business kit. And you got to pay money every month. Like, of course, looking back, you know, that's, I, I was just stuck on that, like hope, like, Hey, I could contribute to my family and look at all these nice people that come along with it. Yeah. 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 Um, so what were some of the things that you saw that like lit up your red flags? Yeah. So I would say I drowned out my intuition. And again, there was, I don't think it was a mistake or a coincidence that we were drinking wine at the time, you know, that it goes along with a lot of the indoctrination in MLM, at least it did for me. In my opinion, I see it a lot with the cocktails and conversations and the big retention events where they're drinking. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence, right? And for me, I was really escaping with alcohol a lot. So for me, it was just like, oh, sweet alcohol plus money plus friends, win-win. And initially I I drowned out that initial, I already had a little cringe about MLMs, right? I already had this cringe, but then my upline and people at the table and other people I talked to later kind of talked to me out of that. Like, oh, it's just because you don't understand it. Once you understand it, then you won't be as cringe about it. And, And little things like messaging people, cold messaging people, talking about it they preempted everything with, this is going to be uncomfortable. This is going to feel unnatural. And so that intuitive, intuitive feeling you have to begin with, you're going to dismiss because you already, you feel cringe, but they tell you you're going to feel cringe. So it's okay. Right. Right. So it was little things here and there, but again, for me, it was working. And so every little you know, for every 10, 20 messages I sent that I got ghosted or had a bad re- you know, response to, there would be one person who like bought or joined or, or whatever. And so the more that happened, the more I got into this mindset of, oh, see, like I got to lean into that uncomfortable feeling. I've got to do the things I don't want to do. Um, so that it was red flags just all along the way in the beginning that I was kind of taught to dismiss And then by doing that, I was teaching other people to really dismiss them because then I was coaching that same thing to people who joined like, oh, this will be cringy. This won't feel good, blah, 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 blah. And, and also noticing I was spending a lot of time, like a lot more time than just, oh, you can do this in your spare time. This is in the nooks and crannies. I mean, I was on my phone a lot. And again, that was all talked away. Like, well, this is what it looks like at the beginning. It won't always look like this. Well, spoiler alert, it did the whole like seven years I was in, it did look like that. Like I was always on my phone. And as time went on, I saw people weren't really succeeding the same way I was like once the, you know, my area got really saturated, the company got bigger. Um, I was selling this dream that like, wasn't happening for other people, but again, it, all that was dismissed away. Like, well, they must not be working hard enough. They're not doing the right things. But the biggest thing that really, I think, helped my t- intuition come back online was I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. So I stopped drinking at the beginning of the year 2017. And all of those things that I felt 
gross about that I kind of drank away, I couldn't do anymore. I couldn't cold message. I couldn't reach out to strangers. I couldn't spout off the same like bullshit I did before. And that's when I really started waking up and it still took a few years for me to get out. But I would say it was red flags the whole time that I just wasn't paying attention to. Wow. Okay. So first of all, like, let's talk about consent for a second. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have this culture where, you know, it's really hot right now to talk about consent and, um, particularly in like sexual relationships, right? That's like where we typically think about consent, but you can't consent if you're under the influence. And I think that that really applies here too. Um, I mean, obviously the people that are in aren't thinking like, oh, I'm scamming my friends. So like, mm-hmm. let's get them drunk. But like, well, I mean, maybe some people are. Um, <laughs> we we won't deny that there are definitely some villains in the world, but most people aren't intentionally trying to be manipulative like that. Like they're not... Mm-hmm forward thinking that they're being manipulative they're thinking oh my gosh this is gonna be so great like this is a great way for all of us to loosen up and to talk about this um Mm -hmm. but you consented into like or you didn't consent because you were under the influence um but you got roped into this business while you were drinking like that's just like not the way that we should be making any sort of business decision and business in air quotes right um but like even in like a regular business, like a real business, you shouldn't be deciding to start a business when you're drunk and right. then, um, you know, being like waking up the next day and being like, yeah, that was a great decision and not thinking about it at all. Like, right. Well, and I don't think it's singular to MLMs. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's business happy hours and stuff like that, you know, right. where there people are networking and connecting. But I would say that you're probably not signing like legal documents and NDAs and all of that when you're drinking. And it was very encouraged to, again, cocktails and conversation, you know, whatever mimosas and blah, blah, blah. Like it was, oh, alcohol was always infused into all these little events. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, I feel like, so I was in all like healthcare or health and wellness MLMs. So like a lot of them were like, cut out all of your alcohol and don't ever drink coffee and like all this stuff. So I never really got to experience that, but that's such an interesting point because I mean, obviously there are other MLMs that still are doing that. Yeah. Well, and it's surprising that you say yours was health because I see it all the time, especially in health with some of like the bigger, uh, you know, like coaches for the, the, wellness and exercise, those where they're like, here's my mocktail or here's my cocktail recipe. And here's a way to, you know, work off the hangover or they spout off these really natural things like, you know, natural, clean beauty, come drink alcohol. And like, no, no shame against anybody who drinks, like it's legal, go for it. But to, to talk about how poisonous products are, and here's our clean products and then give people wine. It's like, do you not understand what yeah. is in alcohol? Like, so that it's the double speak. And it's interesting for a lot, see a lot of wellness coaches who joke about, you know, getting drunk. And then I, I don't know, it, it, there's a huge disconnect. Yeah. You know what? Now that you're saying that too, I was thinking mostly about Arbon because they were big on cutting everything out. But uh, mm-hmm. in my Plexus days, it was very big 
we were we were having our like meetings like we didn't have zoom calls we had meetings at the bar like yeah. we would go to the bar and we would talk about business and we would try to bring people there and but like we like I know for me I was never like oh let me bring people to the bar and get them drunk so I can get them to sign no. up like that was never my thought it was just no. like this is a social event this is like how we socialize in this country and like that's that so yeah. it's, it is interesting like you woke that like part of my brain up <laughs> <laughs> well and just the shaming around what you eat and how you work out and did you exercise today no excuses but they won't pay attention at all to like the dangers of drinking because right. it doesn't serve their purpose that they're, right, they're trying to put course. their social media. Yeah. Because obviously if you have this thing, that's going to, you know, help your body hydrate or whatever, you know, like claim to, we'll say, um, do all these things. That's going to make you feel better. Like, of course, like when you feel better, they want to be able to take those results and claim them for their own. Um, yeah. Like when you probably just needed time and water anyways. Yeah. You've got a liver and kidneys. You don't need all those cleanses and all that stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so um, feel free to say no to answering this, but like, um, so was leaving the MLM space part of also leaving the alcohol space for you? Yeah. I mean, it took a while. Right. So I honestly thought, because I was still doing really well in the company, like I was at the top of the company when I got sober. And then what happened is the company really was like, wow, you've got a great story. And then all of a sudden I was speaking about my sobriety story and it was, it was very co-opted at the time. I felt very honored, like, oh, this is so cool that they want me to talk about this until I saw that, you know, it was very I was being exploited basically like here's right. a sob story that we're going to use to rope other people in or keep other people in as if me getting sober was what unlocked or you know that the company was what unlocked me getting sober and and you know that just wasn't the case it was just timing and the more I saw again people weren't succeeding um I just I didn't like that I was being exploited in that way even though I didn't see it as exploitation at the time um, but that really was, honestly, I don't think I would have gotten out if, had I not gotten sober because I wouldn't have been aware of everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it was that. And then it was COVID was really the nail in the coffin for me. Mm -hmm. The income claims, the pseudoscience, the just blatant uh, using people's pain, you know, losing jobs, losing loved ones as a way to recruit into the company the PPP loan fraud, it was, it was all of that, that I was like, I don't care how much money I'm making. Like I can't be involved in this anymore. Yeah. The, there was so much stuff in that like surface during COVID. And I feel like COVID either drew people in really, really hard or drew people out. And, yeah. um, I get really excited when I hear about the people that got out because of COVID, because that was such a vulnerable time for so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, so in some ways, like, thank goodness, but also like, so scary for the people that ended up getting drawn in because obviously like there was so many uncertainties at that time. Like, am I going to have a job tomorrow? And right. Well, it wasn't even like, you know, it was one thing to get, get sucked in more to your MLM. It's like, okay, you're 
you know, you're selling these products, you believe in your company. Okay. But it was all of a sudden the co-opting of beliefs of the people in the company that were very dangerous. And I always say like, you can have your beliefs from your own research. And again, I use research in quotes because, you know, YouTube videos aren't research, but if you believe that you shouldn't vaccinate your kids for your own choices and your own reasons, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but when you say, oh, I don't believe in the vaccine because my upline told me that was the biggest, biggest thing Whoa. that I saw was the co-opting of all of a sudden, these people who had very different beliefs, all of a sudden were, you know, talking about how they worship Donald Trump. And, and again, I don't care about who you vote for. I don't care about all that. But when you're making your choices based on who, what, you know, what the people in your pyramid scheme are doing, that's messed up. That is, that is a major brainwashing. And that's what I started to see. And that was scary to me. Like I couldn't, I did not want to associate with people like that. Right. And because in multi-level marketing companies, you are encouraged to never question anybody. So nobody Mm -hmm. is having actual thoughtful conversations around politics or vaccines or healthcare or whatever the issue is. They are hearing somebody say an opinion and just going, okay. And they're either taking it or, you know, mostly taking it (laughs) and running with it. Mm -hmm. Spinning to suit their needs. And it was ironic how there was so much talk about, uh, you know, freedom, uh, let's be free and, uh, freedom from the government and freedom from all the stuff, but like they're they're completely locked into this pyramid scheme. Like you, you're told what to post, what to say, who to talk to uh, and all of these things. And, and you're talking about freedom, uh, you know, it's just, and the science of your products, but, oh, but we don't believe in science, but we do here, but we don't hear just the co-opting of certain things to fit their specific needs was really ridiculous. Right. When you bring that up, the thing that comes to my mind is how often we are told to listen to like audiobooks and stuff like, oh, if you're in the car, like your car is your college on wheels and things like that. Like you can always be educating yourself and furthering your knowledge if you're instead of listening to music and things like that. Like there are so many times where you are cutting things out that you might personally enjoy because mm-hmm. of what your MLM tells you to do. Right. And it's never something, and not, I shouldn't say never, but it's rarely something you want to listen to. It's always something that fits the agenda. It's the Rachel Hollis books and, and all of that stuff that that feeds the the need for them to keep you in the system, Right. right. And it's your fault, by the way, it's all self-help because we need you to believe that all of this is up to you and it has nothing to do with the system is a failure. It's you're a failure because you're not listening to enough personal development material. You're not messaging enough people. You're not, it's all you. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's also scary too, because now with how politically charged our world is, um, uplines just recommending different things for us to listen to um can just be another form of indoctrination into a political cult too um mm-hmm. which is really scary because i mean we've had people on here that have talked about how they've been indoctrinated into QAnon from their mlm and it's really scary um yeah you know, QAnon. i mean different church groups right and again believe what you want to believe, go to whatever church you want, do not care, live your life. 
But when you're doing it because you're MLM upline told you to, or you're forced to go to prayer services or baptisms. I've seen the craziest shit because your MLM team is doing it at your retreat. Like, right. please think about how crazy that is. That's right. not okay. And like, like you said, like, do what you want to do, believe what you want to believe. But the thing that like really gets me is that I really don't think that there's thoughtful conversation coming through. I think that it's very much blind, just trust in whatever is happening. And it's so scary. It's just so scary because there are people that are losing their ability to free think. Yeah. There's not, not a lot of critical thinking and that's built in, right? Because I mean, I've even heard it said about this book that I'm writing that people who are still in the company, who talk to me, who maybe didn't get completely trapped, like weren't completely brainwashed or who want to get out, but can't whatever are like, yeah, you know, they're telling us not to read it, not to talk about it, not to. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's totally how it is because we were always told, don't click on that YouTube link. Don't watch that thing, but here's our statement about it. Um, it, When you were told to not look into things yourself, like that's, that's another huge red flag. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think that this is something that we're really not talking about enough is just like, if you're listening to this and you are in an MLM still like really question how much stuff you're just taking in blindly. Um, that alone is huge. And even if you decide that you want to stay in your MLM, but you just start to question things a little bit more and do things because you want to do them and not because you're being told, like that's really important. And then how you view other people too, like the friends who are telling you, oh, yikes, you know, you're in a cult or <laughs> yikes, uh, you sent me that message and it was weird, or I just don't want to buy stuff from you. And instead of seeing those people as haters or, you know, how are you viewing people who don't believe in what you're doing should also be a big red flag. If you're ostracizing people, if you're pushing people away and you're just getting more sucked in, because that's, again, that's a, that's a skill that your uplines have that, that the company has to try and get you more sucked into this commercial cult, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it just doesn't seem to end. Um, so where I know that we're trying to make sure that we don't tell too much of your story because we want people to read your book. I'm so excited. I can't wait for your book to like come all the way out. Um, is it going to have an audiobook version by the way? Okay. Sorry. Technical difficulties. So hope I'm not sure where that left off, but what I was asking was, um, like we're trying to share some of your story, but not too much, um, because everyone needs to read your book when it comes out. Um, also I was wondering if it's going to be on audio at any point. Yes, it will. It'll be audio, Kindle, all formats. Yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. Um, love the access. Um, so what got you started into deciding you were going to write a book? Yeah. So I wrote a book in 2019 and it was a recovery memoir. So it was all my recovery story. And that's really luckily what kind of started getting me out of the MLM and realizing I didn't want that to be my, you know, full-time gig, so to speak, that yeah. I didn't think at that point that I would quit, but I knew that it, 
I wasn't really going to talk about it anymore just be kind of on autopilot and whatever. So, um, the book came out and I started speaking more about recovery and, um, you know, COVID happened. And so that, then I was working more in the recovery community. And again, I saw a lot of grossness around COVID and, um, and everything and knew I didn't want to be involved in the MLM anymore. And so it was really during 2020 that I, I was just writing down really for myself, like reasons I can't be in this anymore, uh, things I'm seeing. Um, I, I, I just had to see it for myself. Like writing was such a cathartic part of my recovery that I needed to see evidence of why this wasn't good and why I needed to free up space for other things. And was really at the end of 2020 that I thought, you know what, I'm going to write about this because I know that writing stories uh, helps other people. I know it helps me. And there are not a lot of people talking about this, people who leave, um, people who leave and were quote unquote successful and how it's not what it seems, how nothing is what it seems really and why I think they're dangerous. So I started writing, I wrote a book proposal and it really that's, that's, that's what happened. Got a book deal. And, and here we are. I think that you're so right. I know that, um, people that are kind of consuming a lot of anti-MLM content, or like, if you're listening to this podcast or listening to Roberta's podcast or whoever you listen to, um, there really aren't that many people talking about it just because you see all of this like commotion in like the corner of the internet that is anti-MLM, um, doesn't mean that there isn't more room and that we don't Mm -hmm. need more voices. So like, you know, obviously everyone has their own healing process and what they need to go through. Some people want to be on a podcast and share their story. Some people want to just pretend it never happened and that's what they need to do. And that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. But if you are somebody that's thinking about it and thinks that the space is saturated, you're absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, when you think about it, this is such a small corner of the internet. Uh, it's just that it, it it's a corner, so we only see each other. <laughs> yep, exactly. There, there's so much more room, and especially for books. Like, um, I can only think of. I mean, I know there are more books out there about MLMs and things like that. Like, you know, we could talk about cultish, or we could talk about um, uh, what is is it? Unboxing letters to myself. Mm, um, that I, I know that one. Uh, and part of her, she came on the podcast. I I'm also blanking on her name. So sorry. Um, but she, a portion of her book was about her MLM story. Oh yes. Lauren. Yes. Yes. yes I do know her. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> or unboxed um, or you're right. Yes. yes Lauren. It, it, it's something like that. Um, I feel really bad that I can't remember exactly what it's called right now, but you know, that and your book are really the only ones that I know about. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cult books, right? Or I wouldn't even yeah. say a lot. Like, I think people are in general are, it's hard to share a story of how you got completely mentally, physically, emotionally, like roped into something. But the, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people like Sarah Edmondson, who is in Nixium and, you know, there's Mike Rinder who is in Scientology. And even though the, the things that were done to them, like branding and all this stuff are, are so different, the course of control that led to all of those things are so frighteningly similar. Yeah. Um, So it's really like, there's a lot of cult books out there, but realizing that MLMs 
you know, they, they exploit the same vulnerabilities in people is, is pretty eye-opening. It's something that I really didn't even understand until I was looking into like Stephen Hassan's bite model and all of those things. As I was doing research, I, I uncovered more of what was wrong with it than I even knew I was going to write about. Right. Yeah. I think that it, it's such a rabbit hole of <laughs> like what of learning, especially like this space is just so cool because I think that, I mean, first of all, a lot of people in this space are neurodivergent. So uh, a lot of neurodivergent people just love to share. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. And, but that's kind of what we see is we see like these people that like suck up this information, then they spit it out as fast as they can because they like have to share with everyone who like knows. And like, that's fabulous. Um, But it's like, as you learn it, it's just like, brain rattling Mm -hmm. to realize what you've been through because a lot of this stuff is so subtle. Mm -hmm. And then you feel a lot of people I hear from, they feel embarrassed for allowing themselves to get sucked in, or they look back at their Facebook posts. They're like, I cannot believe that was me. I feel so stupid. And then you don't want to talk about it. It's like that shame that keeps you from talking about it. So the fewer people out there who are sharing that this happened to them, you again, assume, oh, it must not be for everybody. Like it must not, it must not be a 99% failure rate. It must, you know, that must not be true. And it is just people are too embarrassed to talk about it. Absolutely. And that's really what I hope to do here on this podcast is to just help people not be embarrassed and know that you're not alone because we're not, this is affecting so many people, especially women. Um, but you know, everyone, there are men, there are are non-binary people that are in these groups and being manipulated and being exploited. And it's just, it's just scary to see how much of the population is being manipulated by some sort of culty group. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that multi-level marketing is kind of this one that can really easily seep into just about any like subgroup of people mm-hmm. um, because it's business-based and not yeah. like, I mean, some of them are faith-based and things like that, but like you can do any multi-level marketing company without a religion attached to it. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it co-ops like the female empowerment and be a boss bitch and you're a bad, you know, boss babe and all the stuff that it's actually like the least empowering thing at all because right. you're taking your power away. You're not, you're getting more sucked into something that you can't make your own choices necessarily. And you now have less financial control and your, your behavior and your time and all these things are being controlled by, by something else. It's, it's the opposite of empowerment. Right. So, um, I'd love to talk a little bit about what that feeling was when you went from kind of being like that bottom middle of the pyramid to flipping over to the top. And when they Mm -hmm. started to approach you to have you go on stage and have you be there, um, what was going on in your head? I mean, of course, at the time, especially in the beginning, when I started really ranking up, of course, I thought it was all based on my own work because that's what I was told. I did all the things I was supposed to do. And this success was happening for me. And all along the way, I mean, the love bombing, the gifts and the promotions and the free, again, air quotes, free trips and all of these things that were, I mean, I was just being showered with all of this shit. 
it just kept me going. You know, I was always on these lists and these leaderboards and it, I think that further indoctrinated other people because they saw this stuff on social media and they're like, wow, I can't believe you started succeeding in such a short amount of time. It, it just roped me in even more. Like I had such belief in what I was doing and the company, um, it was a very, it was just very deep. Again, like I said, I would have gotten a tattoo of the company on my body if someone had asked me to. Wow. And like, that's like really intense to know, like, that's where you're at. Do you have, just curious, do you have other tattoos or would this be your first? Tattoo? Oh yes, I do. No, I do. Okay. Have one, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause I was going to uh, like, that's just, I didn't a- at the time though. Oh. I didn't until after I left. Yeah. But, but again, I mean, I even had the company like on my license plates. I was that person. I, I unapologetically like blasted this everywhere and without thinking there was any more to it than I did the things and I succeeded. And it wasn't until I was willing to, again, and it was after I got sober and until I was willing to say like, okay, I've been coaching all these people, the same stuff that I've been doing. And for some reason they aren't succeeding for some reason, they aren't making the same money I'm making for some reason. Well, of course there's a reason because not everybody can make money because it's, I was only making money because so many people were joining and not making money. It wasn't until I was willing to see, oh, maybe this isn't all on the up and up. Maybe I am scamming people that I was able to kind of get myself out of it. Yeah. There, um, that's so funny that you mentioned the license plate thing. There is this one person in my community, uh, that drives around with a wrapped car, uh, Mm -hmm. that is wrapped with, uh, a Tupperware logo. Oh God. Uh, I know. It's it's so bad. It's so, so bad. I get so embarrassed for them every time I see it. I'm just like, oh no. When they wake up, when they wake up and they realize that they have a car that is wrapped with a cult name, they are going to be so embarrassed. And I, I just feel for them so bad. Oh, it's total secondhand embarrassment for yourself once you realize how cringy it is. Well, and the other thing that happened was, I mean, you see at these conventions and conferences and again, all these retention events, like they put you on stage, right? Here's our successful person sharing her sob story about how she got in. And I was nothing. And now I'm something I was low and now I'm high. I was all these things, right? It's always the same. And I was like worshiped on this weird, creepy level that again, once I got sober, it was very uncomfortable. Like I couldn't walk through the convention center without people wanting to take pictures and take a picture next to my cardboard cutout of myself and, and walking the stage and realizing like I kept walking the stage and it was the same people in the audience and more people were in the audience than would ever be on stage. And the celebrity thing and the celebrity worship and that always creeped me out. But for a long time, it kept me stuck in because I thought it, it just validated, like, I must be doing something right. That is something that was really hard for me when I left MLM, uh, watching like, you know, I was always at the bottom. I never got anywhere near the middle of the pyramid. Um, and when I got out even, and then 
started the podcast and I started like meeting all of these people and like seeing different people who were at the top of the pyramid. And I was still in that mindset of like, oh my God, well, I have to have this person on my podcast who was at the top. Like that's so, and now I'm like, first of all, that's the most unrelatable story. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a majority of the people that are listening have never been at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and not to say that your story isn't valuable because it is, because also like on the flip side, it is, you know, or or other people who are at the top, it's this is what we were all aspiring towards and like breaking that like perfect picture that we all had of what this was actually gonna be like, which is really important for like recovery. Um but it's so interesting to like see it even outside, like, and to look back on my behavior when I got out and I was like trying to start my podcast and trying to get people on. And I remember being so much more excited about these like quote unquote, like big stories. And I was like, Danielle. Yeah. Like you're still starstruck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's hard people. To... <laughs> yep. Totally. But then when you do you know, go on social media and you see the things they post and the way people fawn over them. It It's this weird sense of importance and ego that gets infused into you. It's, it's really unhealthy, very unhealthy. It really is. And, um, it, it's interesting how they really groom you to like, see these people as something way more than they are. Um, like they're famous in the MLM, but they're not famous outside of the MLM. And that's one of the arguments I usually make towards people claiming that they're public figures. Like I do understand that a public figure is someone who like in the internet world is someone who has X amount of followers. Um, but if you're not, if nobody knows who you are outside of your MLM, are you really a public figure? Are you? Yeah, totally. It was funny because I had a lot of friends who obviously were, you know, friends who joined me, who were my friends before, who are still my friends now. And it was the people who still saw me as relatable, who are, are still my friends. Cause they, they're like, you know, people would be lined up to take, you know, get my autograph or get a photo with me or whatever. And they'd be like, her, you know, like, this is just Emily. Like, she's just a mom in our school. And they always thought it was just the most ridiculous thing. And it was, it was, it's, it's just so funny. It's like, I'm just a person but I was this, I was the celebrity in the MLM. It was creepy. Yeah. It must be really interesting to like, see, be on the other side of that, to like, know that people are looking at you that way. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have another question too. So when you started to become this like celebrity in the MLM, did you look at other people at the top, like in that celebrity way still, or did it shift? Well, it was like, now we were in the same club, right? Like we okay. could now do events together and we could now be at the same leader luncheon and VIP rooms and, and stuff like that. But there was always higher to get. There was always more you could earn. There was always in a higher title and the company would keep adding more carrots to go for because yes. everyone still has to show this belief that you're still in and you're still working. And even though the people at the top are really just making money because of all the people failing at the bottom. That's all you need, right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, that's such a good point. And so for you, it kind of was like leaning in to the celebrity the like celebrity life that they were pushing on you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and seeing things that I, again, was now I'm starting to see the red flags, like why are they making things harder to qualify for? And why are they doing this? And why are doing, they doing that? And why are we still being showered with the stuff and the people at the bottom aren't being given this stuff? You know, I, I just started questioning things more and it was, I was more uncomfortable with it really the higher up I got, because again, I started realizing that I am telling the same thing I've been telling people from the beginning. Here's what you do. Here's what I did. This is how I succeeded, but it's working for like nobody else and realizing, oh yeah, your network saturated because I took everybody first and you know, there's too many MLM people here and, you know, Facebook now doesn't promote MLM posts and there's so many reasons behind it, but I couldn't sell the same dream that I had been selling this whole time. But again, I really believed at one point and I no longer believed it. Wow. Oh, this is so interesting. It's like a peek behind the curtain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do, uh, do you think that they still use your story or anything like that? Oh God, that? no. Oh okay. no, 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 no. Although it's funny. Cause I just had to send them a very strongly worded letter to have them take me off their website, oh. which I'm like, I don't, you know, in my book, I don't talk about the name of the company. I don't say names of people. It's it's completely, and not because I care about protecting them, to be honest with you. It's just because all MLMs are the same. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no difference. There's no point in saying what the company is. And I wanted to be able to be as honest as possible, but I'm like, how dumb to have me on your website still so that everyone knows what company it is. So I had to, yes, write very strongly worded emails to get, get that removed. But, but no, they, I think they're doing as much as they can from what I've seen and heard to distance themselves from me, or at least have people just not talk about it at all. Like, again, don't look behind the curtain. Yeah. Don't talk about it. It'll go away. Right. Yeah. I'm sure that there are still like those copy and paste posts that are about you. Um, oh yeah. That yep. go around. There are. I saw uh, something on Pinterest the other day. I'm like, Oh, it's my face. Okay. Do you report those when they happen? Yeah, I do. Or I comment and just say, Hey, I'm not in this company anymore. Can you please remove it or, or whatever, you know, cause again, it's a game of telephone and that's why so much misinformation gets spread in MLMs about like the quality of their products, about the results of their products, about the financial, uh, you know, gain from people, like all of those income claims, because consultants are just people and they see something sensational and they share it. They get shared and shared and shared and shared. And all these iterations, it changes. And even what's being said isn't even true sometimes. So yeah, there's photos of my like before and afters floating around. I'm sure. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that the other day. Um, I, I, I am open about it on here that I'm currently in eating disorder recovery thanks to my mm-hmm. lovely experience in uh, MLMs. So, mm-hmm. so grateful. Um. But, uh, looking at my camera roll is so different now, like going through and being like, wow. And then I get up far enough and it's all before and afters. Oh God. Totally. Wow. Like I spent so much time not living my life before and caring about what I looked over anything else. Um, and now like you look at my camera roll and it's all like pictures of my dog, (laughs) like, you know, just like things like that. And it it's so much different than what it used to be. Or like all of the pictures that I, you know, that you went and you stopped and you were like, well, this will be great for my Instagram story. Oh to yeah. Try to recruit someone, you know, like somebody's going to think that this is because of my MLM time, like da 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 
Yep. All right. Is there anything else that you want to cover today before I ask you my final question? Um, gosh, I mean, one thing I always like to say is, you know, if you're listening to this and if you are still in and, you know, that it's not your fault, like most people's intentions are very good when they join and it doesn't mean you have to like tomorrow send in your termination form, but just think more critically and ask yourself if like what you're sharing is really what you want to be sharing. Or if you're hearing from other people, if you're, uh, alienating people who don't, you know, who are quote unquote haters, you <laughs> know, just look at your behavior and ask yourself if you would act that way with any other job. Right. And the answer is probably no. Right. Exactly. Like in any, I can't think of another job. Like if you went and quit target, like you're not going to have an angry mob of people that go and unfollow you. No, you could you still leave. be friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, I, like, you know, if you leave Target to go work for Walmart, like, like you know, it's not. Yeah, it's, not it's the been eye opening. It's been eye opening to see the change in people since I've left who used to just talk about how wonderful I was and what an inspiration I was, my inspirational story. And now it's like dead, like block. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's. It's, it is, it's really interesting when you're able to like really remove yourself and look at it. And then it's also like sad. Mm -hmm. It's so sad yeah. when you're going through this. Oh, I don't know. Before I ask you my final question, um, we didn't really go too far around like your mental health and stuff. Did you have any like mental health side effects from being in leaving anything like that? I mean, especially oh. since you were up at the top that for sure, probably oh, for sure you know, constantly the, again, being on social media so much and feeling the need to show up so much and show up in a certain way, um, look a certain way, you know, putting my kids on display, right. Which I don't feel comfortable with. And, um, yeah, just the, I think so much more toward the end, realizing how much I sacrificed my, myself, um, and, and again, ignoring my own intuition for so long. Um, I don't think it was really until I was fully out that I realized, oh, this is what self-care really looks like. This is what, uh, taking care of myself looks like. This is what real friendship looks like. This is what a real quote unquote business looks like. And, and, and it's that just brainwashing getting out of that. Um, yeah, yeah it definitely took a toll on my mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone that is um, getting out of their MLMs um, at any level, but especially near the top, and I don't know if anything would be different in what you would say, is there anything that you would recommend for people who are leaving and how they can protect themselves and their mental health? Yeah. So I actually, I probably have it here somewhere, but um, the, now I'm going to butcher the name of it, but it's like healing after leaving an MLM. It's a workbook. Yes. Megan Williams workbook. Yes. Yes. Um, cutting I, ties, leaving after MLM. Cutting ties, yes. That's what it is. Um, again, so I actually got that kind of, uh, I, I bought it just to kind of see like, am I in a cult? Am I not in a cult? Mm -hmm. And I used the, the profit loss statement she had in there, mm -hmm. which was incredibly eye-opening. And I, I mean, that's a really good place to start. I, I think, you know, I think buy her workbook. It's amazing. 
But if you're not in the you know mindset yet where you think I'm ready to leave or I think I'm going to leave, do do the financial piece of it first because it is freaking eye-opening when you realize how much you make versus how much you're spending versus taxes versus all this stuff. And there's a reason that they never tell you to do that because you are like what you're working for per hour is probably abysmal. Like ask yourself what you're worth and what your time is worth. Right. And like, there are so many cases where you could literally be work. Like you could pick up one shift a week at, I mean, I guess we'll go back to McDonald's. Oh, wait, we didn't talk about McDonald's yet. We talked about Target. Um, (laughs) You can pick up one shift a week at Target and probably make the same amount like of take-home pay that you're making in your MLM. Yeah. Yeah. And actually get a guaranteed paycheck and not a, oh, if someone buys something after I post these million things on social media and harass people and yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's really not. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, So what is your anti-MLM why? So honestly, it's just to make people feel less alone because that's the one thing I've heard as since I've been sharing my story, really the last year since I, I published my, my book announcement is I'm so glad someone's talking about this or, you know, Hey, I was in your downline (laughs) and I always like worshiped you. And it's good to know that it wasn't like my fault. And I think just sharing, just being honest and for me, it's like a living amends, an apology for the way I acted and also just like allows other people to see that it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's not your fault. It's, it's just, it's designed to fail. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Can you tell people where they can find you and where they can find your book again, just in case they missed it at the beginning? Yeah, for sure. So Emily Lynn Paulson on basically every platform mm-hmm. and my book is Hey Hun, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and The Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing. And you can get it anywhere books are sold. Um, definitely support your local bookstores. They have it on pre-order and it will come out officially May 30th. And hopefully I will be coming on a book tour somewhere near you. So check mm-hmm. my website for more details. That would be so exciting. Yeah, to, I will have to keep an eye out if you come to like the Boston area. That'd be so fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, then I can fangirl about you in real life. That's right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Emily. This was amazing. I love having you here. You've been such a light in the space recently. It's been really cool. I think I told you when I messaged you, like I've gotten like, I I get like five messages a day that are like, "Hey, did you see this?" this book that's coming out. Oh, good. That's good. To yeah. Know. It's really awesome. It's so great to see that people are excited. Um, yeah. which again brings me to, if you are listening and you have a story to tell, like whether you go on a podcast or you want to write a book, like there's room at the table for you. People will be excited. Um, and you know, the anti-MLM world will be excited to help you share your book because yeah that's what we should be about is helping people have legitimate businesses. Absolutely. So thank you everyone. I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. 
Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, Huns. I just wanted to take a second to tell you guys about Acorn. And no, this is not a sponsored ad. Acorn is a robo-investing account that I've been using to manage my money since I've started my own small business. I honestly had no idea what I was doing in regards to saving for the future, but knew I needed to start somewhere and thought this was a great way to get the ball rolling. I really like the interactive graphics and watching what's going on with my money. If this is something that you feel interested in, feel free to click the link in my bio to start your own Acorn account, and we'll both get $5 added in our accounts for our investing future. Happy savings!